Welcome to the Alternative Property Management Podcast, brought to you by Renty and the PMC. Hosted by David Faulkner, Harrison Vaughn, and Will Alexander, and powered by Renty, who just want to make renting enjoyable. Kia ora, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Alternative Property Management Show. And I can't understand why I keep saying good evening, because most people will probably be listening to this uh, in the day. Maybe we should just leave it at Kiora or, you know, anyway. But anyway, hello, everybody. It's great to be here. Um, it's uh, We're getting closer to spring. We're partway through August. Uh, we're not long to the PMC. Uh, we've worked on the entire agenda is now complete, which is great once you've secured everybody. But we'll come on to that later on the show. With me again tonight is Harrison Vaughan, Director of Tommy's Property Management down there in the capital. Yep. And... Will Alexander, who has another tie on, and does he have, he's had a haircut, is he drinking Lion Red? That is the big question of the moment. Will Alexander from Bailey's, how's it going, fellas? How are we doing? Very good, mate. Very good. Good. I will never drink Lion Red. Will you ever drink Lion Red? No, never, ever. So so, so, uh, did you drink Tui when you were at Property Brokers? No. So what what was your beard of choice? I'm quite partial. Well, look, I mean, Waikato Draft. You know, I'm, don't call me a... <laughs> Waikato Draft! I just want to put it out there. I'm not a beer snob. But, um, I mean... No, uh, no shit, you like Waikato Draft. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to start with the bar low. But Catalina, which is by... Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good lager. Um, that's by... That's, that's the Hobsonville. It's the little creatures. That's little that's creatures. Catalina, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They yeah. did a very good Pilsner for um, a while, and they've stopped it, which annoyed the hell out of me. So I've gone to Hawks Bay Pilsner. That's a good yeah. one. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. good. I do like I do like my Pilsner. Addison, I mean, we're, 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 this is a podcast about property management, by the way. But we started <laughs> on beer. Let's keep it going for a bit. Addison, what, what's oh, your favourite has- beer? Oh, be a hazy pale ale. Um, definitely a parrot dog man. I am parrot dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down in Wellington. Uh, Will, have you ever been to um, God? What's it called? Uh, Beer town or Brewtown? Brewtown. Yeah. Brewtown. Upper Hutt. No. Um, no. Well, listen. When you when you, when you start what when you start dominating Wellington with Bailey's property management yeah. and you start wiping the floor with uh, Tommy's. Go and celebrate at Brewtown. It's in Upper Hutt. It used to be the old Dunlop factory. It's got, um, what, what breweries are there, Addison? It's got Panhead. It's, oh, it's got, got a bit some, of everything, really. Yeah, yeah. It's got some fantastic uh, breweries. And activities. Go-karting, bowling, yep. arcade. Yep. Axe-throwing. Mini-golf, I think, yeah, axe-throwing, everything. Yeah, think about that. Go, go to Brewtown, get absolutely written off, and then let's go go-karting and throw axes at each other. <laughs> recipe for a good work. night out. Good way for property yeah. managers to relieve their stress. Yes, yeah. So anyway, so, just on the topic, on. I think I, um, I need to talk about this because it's pretty epic. Um, there's a pub slash cafe in Christchurch um, called, I think it's C1, and they have pneumatic pipes that serves you your beer Uh, to your table. So you order a beer, and then they send it, you know the old mail systems? Yeah. 
they, they oh. follow all the pipes and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, so this is uh, this is on my bucket list to be fair. Um, so you order a beer and it go and you watch it go through the tubes and there, boom, straight onto your table. There it is, your cold beer. And that's it. In that, well, all right, so one day we're going to do one of our shows from that that place. Right? Yes. I'm, in, I'm actually going to be yes. in Christchurch for the Real Estate Institute are doing a um, a workshop down in the South Island. They got tenancy compliance investigation team there and a a few other people who seem to, you know, work in that uh, compliance Sounds really space. exciting. Well, I'll probably just go to the brook. I'll just go to that pub and watch my beer coming through the pipes. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, So it's a thing. Put it on the yeah. list. Got to do that. Anyway, on to tonight's topic. So last week, uh, we talked about the concerns that tenants were having. We listed five concerns. A little bit loose tonight because there's no news articles around uh, what landlords' concerns are. So we're just going to have a bit of a chinwag around what what landlords will be looking for from this election. Um, I think we can categorically say they're probably going to want a change of government. What the concerns are of landlords if the current legislature or the current government remains in power. And uh, yeah, we'll see where this conversation takes us. Will, I mean, you know, what do you think that these landlords and I actually before we get into this as well but I'll tell you we actually did a landlord survey so I'll talk to you about some of the results of that the landlord survey which is quite interesting because that will lead into so you know what they're looking at from from, from the future but will I mean what do you think landlords are going to be looking for change of government and if so what are they going to look for from the new government if we do have a change of government I just think an easing up of costs that are being dumped on them. I mean, some directly within the across the industry as an investor, and some indirectly, like through interest rates and that sort of stuff. But I mean, we we uh, had a big uh, national meeting today and and talking to people around the country, and um, several of them said that owners had pulled their properties um, to save money, and unfortunately. Yeah. The first cab off the rank is management fees, and um, and that was a bit of a common theme. It's not a, it's not prolific by any means, but it is a common theme. And I think obviously the costs are significant, and um, so I think changes with respect to anything in that space. Obviously, the very top of the list is interest deductibility. Um, yep. I, I spoke to someone last week, actually, from Vega, which is a big uh, mortgage advisor that is actually um, partnered with Bailey's. It's quite cool. It's kind of like the loan market with Ray White's. But one of the, the people in Vega um, uh, often speaks and lobbies with government officials. And, and, they, and he seems to think that the interest deductibility, irrespective of who is in government, is going to stay. Which um, which scared me a little bit, and don't quote me on that. But they he seemed to think that it, it's here to stay. But look, I just think that everyone has been lumped with massive costs, and on top of that, inflation, that sort of stuff. So I would say the th top of the list would be just making things a bit cheaper, and that that simply could come from better capital gains. You know, maybe. Maybe after the election, buying starts again and people's confidence comes back into the market. And that could probably be enough. Alison, I think the market's changed. And I, and certainly from a property broker's point of view, we have seen more sales, you know, uh, and, and I think, you know, I don't think I'm giving any IP away here, but July was the first month around in a while where it's beaten 
the previous month, the following year, in terms of volume of sales. And there seems to be a lot more purchase and inquiry. Um, do you think that we're going to see people are preempting? Do you think people care about the election or is it just this is the market at the moment? <clears throat> Um, oh, every every time an election rolls around, Dave, it's always the hot topic in our office, especially in the real estate team. We we always see a massive slowdown in the sales market on the lead up to the election as people just don't know what's going to happen. And when there's uncertainty, people don't want to make decisions or calls. So we, we notice that, yeah, pretty much from now onwards, um, the amount of properties on the market will start to dry up. But at the moment, we're noticing there's a lot more buyers out there. There's a lot more pressure on the limited stock. I was actually talking to a couple of real estate agents today, um, and that's you know that's what they were saying is there's more buyers out there in the last couple of weeks because banks people have been able to get some finance, um, but there's not much out there to choose from. So prices are sort of staying pretty. Uh, level in Wellington they're not going down and I do know that the last couple of months in Tommy's um, the last three months in fact we've done more sales this year than we did last year for each of those three months yeah yeah interesting so we are certainly seeing the market change do you think yeah. I mean some of the topics that that, that Will are talking about do you think that the interest deductibility is here to stay because of the PMC last year um, national housing spokesperson Chris Bishop categorically said they get back in and we were at the Wellington Club last year as well when just before yep. Chris Luxon became leader he was saying that's going to go yep do you think um, there's a possibility that it would stay I feel like the the parties this year especially like National and Act are going to use um, the interest deductibility is a big sort of winning tool to try and get, you know, landlords and everyone involved in housing to vote for them. I personally don't think it's here to stay. It's a very unfair tactic for landlords. You know, everywhere you look online, a landlord is identified and classified as a business, just mm -hmm. like Tommy's, Bailey's and property brokers. Um, and they can't deduct interest as a business expense. Yeah, we all, we all can as business operators. So I think that is, you know, it's quite unfair for landlords and especially because there's such a, um, you know, there's such a big backbone of the New Zealand rental market. Without them, the housing market here would crumble. Why, why, why are landlords still to this day seen as, seen in a negative light or money grabbing, you know, um, leeches. Um, I mean, why? Why is it this is a perception thing? I mean, why are we not seeing them as contributing towards society and providing housing? I mean, they don't have to. They don't have to mm. invest their money in property. They could do shares or whatever or Bitcoin. Who knows? But I think there's an element of uh, social um, responsibility in a lot of landlords, and I, I just think that the we need to change the narrative. I believe the contributing to society, like commercial. I was speaking at a commercial meeting yesterday, and interest deductibility still applies on commercial properties. Yeah. And I was, yeah. uh, you know, I, I was sitting there going, well, just as you said before, Harry, uh, it, it, they are in a business. So what is the difference? And it's, it's, yeah. Well, there isn't. Is I mean, this is what this is what the argument would be. All right, the 
okay, so if I go and invest in a business, I'm investing in something that is contributing to the New Zealand economy, to New Zealand Inc. It's gonna, it's, it's hopefully, it's going to bring money into the country, and it's going to employ people and give people a better standard of living. The argument is, well, I'm a, I'm a property investor. I buy a house that to, to rent out, and, and I'll give my story around real IQ, and I'll ask you, is this fair? So I spent a lot of blood, sweat, and tears trying to build a business. Now, ultimately, our house in Wellington probably made more money over that period in terms of capital gain than what the business would have brought us in terms of a net profit. So why why would people invest in businesses, which really would rather have people do than invest purely in property? This is the argument of probably some people and there could be some justification around that because I invest in the property. I'm not really doing a lot with it. I'm not producing. You could argue I am producing a service, but it's just it, it's rent coming in. Is it really contributing to the wider economy? I don't know. What do you think, guys? Will, come to you first. Yeah, it's a good perspective. Um, I think it is con- uh, contributing and I and I and we all know that uh, there's a housing uh, um, so the uh, supply and demand issue. I mean, there was an article this morning, uh, I don't know if you saw it, interest.co.nz, and it was on LinkedIn that uh, um, the Reserve Bank and Ministry of Housing has done this big study and have determined, surprise, surprise, that uh, the rents are going up because of a supply and demand issue. Man, yeah. bloody geniuses, honestly. Um, <laughs> Take my hat off to them. Look out, NASA. New Zealand is paving the way. Uh, we're going to get to Mars first, I reckon. But anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I do believe that they're providing a service. I do believe that we need more people in, uh, providing rental properties. So I, I get your argument. It's a little bit different. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's, I think it's um, a highly valuable service. Okay, okay. Changing the, the subject a little bit. So you've gone <clears throat> interest deductibility. I think we all agree interest deductibility for one has been absolutely, utterly draconian. Uh, and it, I think it will change. I think we'll have a change of government. I think interest deductibility will go because, you know, when you think about I can buy a new build, I can offset the interest. I can give it to a social housing provider and I can deduct the interest. But if I just rent it out to Joe Bloggs, I can't deduct the interest. It, it's not fair. Um, what about the the triple C F A? Um, I mean, has this had an impact? Mm. Uh, this is the Credit Contracts and Consumer Finance Act, which kind of was there to try and protect people from these small shark loans. But really, it's it's taken an axe to people trying to obtain finance. Um, I mean, are we going to see a change in that with a change in government? What do you think, Addison? I'll come to you first. Oh gosh, you throw me the tough ones, don't you, Dave? Um, to be honest, I haven't I haven't looked too much into the whole CCFA thing and what what all the parties are looking at around that. I I mean the triple CFA was brought in to protect people. It was specifically brought in to protect people from loan sharks and vulnerable people that you know end up paying forty percent interest and all that sort of stuff. But um, I don't think it was clear and I don't think the legislation was robust enough to clearly target 
that market and obviously affected everyone. Everyone that lended money uh, was held responsible. The directors of large banks, and it's yeah. a great it's a great point. I mean, it's another piece of legislation introduced that has made things very difficult. I mean, that's the borrowing component of getting a property. But um, I, you know, again, it's just doesn't seem well thought out because it's had no. um, unintended consequences on people that probably should have been kept out of it. Because basically what, what happens is, is that people have been approved for, for loans. Then this triple CFA comes in. All of a sudden, they're, they're not approved because they've had to apply these new rules. Oh, you've had too many coffees. I remember a mate of ours, a joint friend of ours, Alison, saying, oh, you know, I used to have a little flutter down at the TAB and it come up on <laughs> rating. And all of a sudden, he can't bloody, you know, he's gone. He can't get the house. Could you even argue that there, there's a potential of the banks breaching people's privacy? Hey, that, if property management companies started investigating tenants' bank statements like that, you can imagine what the uproar would be like. We've seen that mm. already. What do you reckon, Addison? Well, I do know that um, because we obviously we work very closely with mortgage advisors in our office and they come up and speak to us every week. Uh, and I do know that there has been a lot of relaxation around like going through looking at people's Uber Eats and DoorDash and things like that. Um, and now all mortgage brokers need to do is sort of claim that, oh, once they buy the house, they'll they'll change their eating habits and things like that. And a lot, I know that a lot of banks sort of take that on. So it seems like there has been some sort of relaxation of it when it comes to residential property purchases already and like we have seen the effects of it dave like you say there's more houses being sold there's more people transacting on the real estate market than there was you know a year ago um and things like that so i i think the banks and the government have realized the muck up that they made and they sort of realized that they can sort of apply the law slightly differently well, I mean, is it the banks who have made a muck-up or is it the government, the way they've written the legislation? Um, and, 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 I reckon, I mean, I, I reckon the, 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 the banks um, have overreacted on purpose to send a message, yeah. my personal take on it. And yeah. um, that's just to sort of put up a bit of a stance, I suppose. Um, but, you know, j just on this, I, I mean, first of all, I think it is a breach of the Privacy Act. I mean, if you compare it yep. to what, you know, the change to the two-step application process with uh, applying for a property. But why, you know, still to this day, why does rent not contribute to your renting credit, uh, to your credit score? That, to me, is crazy. Like, you can obviously, in most cases, and for a long time, you're, you know, if you can pay the rent, you're paying more than what a mortgage was. That was maybe before it increased uh, in the last couple of years. But that's a, that's a this kind of a roundabout sort of conversation, I suppose. But that needs to change. If you can service the rent and you can demonstrate that you've paid the rent on time every single week for the last five years, and that is equivalent to or very similar to what your mortgage would be, that should contribute. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you're dead right. Well, I actually didn't realise that it doesn't contribute because, I mean, if it you're doesn't. paying... Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. You know. And, and you know, every time yeah. a bank does a credit score, a rental agency does a credit score, it has a detrimental impact on your yeah. credit score. Well, well, I was talking, funny enough, when I'm meeting with Renty about this, and they're actually looking at um, some of the, 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 who they're using, and, and it will not do that. So that's you're right. able, from a tenant's point of view, um, to... to go and get your credit check done 
uh, if it's for applying for a rental house and it will not impact your credit score. I think that's, well, that's fantastic. I think yeah. I think that's a, a fantastic idea. Fantastic that's, idea. Um, that's through Equifax, their new yeah. light touch. And uh, yeah. yeah, 100%. Yep, it should not have an impact on you because, I mean, imagine if you're like most people, you're applying for 10 properties at a time or whatever, and um, that's 10 hits on your credit score. Okay. Immigration. Uh, let's talk about immigration because we're seeing a lot more people coming into New Zealand. Uh, and, you know, we've got infrastructure is a big thing. Uh, and with infrastructure is housing. Uh, and what's that going to do to uh, to, to rents? Because, you know, if, if people can't get on the housing ladder because interest rates are so high, we're going to see more and more that pool of tenants get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, is there a potential risk of rent controls if the current administration stays in power? Well, what we what we really need is um, whatever government gets into power just to start properly building more houses. You know, the current government's been in power for God knows how many long now. And ha- haven't they only built a few thousand homes or something? I think they've built 1,800. They were they built 1,800. I mean, what are they doing? You know, we've got a full country with a huge waiting list of people needing warm, dry, new homes, and they haven't even built 2,000. Yeah. Where do you build them, though? I mean, because you've got to... Find some area, like, you know, make Palmy good again, you know? Let's not bring up Palmerston North again, please. Well, that guys. was paraphrasing Donald Trump, I believe. Um, yeah. It's a ring controls are a band aid approach, and and yeah. like I mentioned last week, you know, there's countries that have tried it, and history shows us it doesn't work. But what does work is a government that cuts through the bureaucracy and red tape to make land available to build on, councils that are motivated to provide and support infrastructure for developers looking to build homes, and mechanisms to elevate issues around the supply of building materials and incentives for businesses and all that sort of stuff. That's what works, and that's what will bring the rents down. And so rent controls, I mean, in my opinion, it's just, it's a Band-Aid. I mean, mean, case over in Europe with Germany, I mean, they, they basically made sure they were building enough and, and most people i think i wouldn't say most but right about 50 percent of the population rent and quite happily rent um in in germany another property market to look at is is, is japan where they have excess houses you know heaps of houses were here i mean i just i really struggle with this will i mean here we are in a country about the size of the uk and japan Japan has about 120 million people living there. The UK has about 65 million people. We have 5 million people, yet we haven't got enough land to develop. I mean, it's just utterly ludicrous, isn't it? We we don't have the GDP. And, Mm. you know, New Zealand wants to punch at first world country levels, but we just don't simply have the tax pool to do it. That's the problem, is, you know, you look at your comparison to, to Great Britain and Japan is, you know, is absolutely spot on with respects to amount of land available, but we just don't have we just don't have the horsepower. We just don't have the money. I mean, that's it. You know what? You know, I've I've often thought this. I'd love to see this country at double its population. Yeah. You know, I mean, we could still yeah. have this clean green image, but then we would have taxpayers' money coming in to be able to build the infrastructure. I mean, Australia's a prime example. I mean, it's just. I mean, when I went to the Arctic Conference and I went up to Brisbane, the amount of development going on in Brisbane, we've got the Olympic Games going there soon, but it's it's streets ahead. 
in terms of infrastructure and usability in yeah. the cities. I mean, you try getting a bloody, you try getting from Auckland Airport to the, I mean, it's easy now with the Waterview Tunnel, but it's still so painful to get stuff done. I think, um, I reckon we should start taxing Australia just for being close to New Zealand. I mean, that in itself <laughs> is some good it's a wealth, There you go, yeah. a, wealth tax, a wealth tax on Australia. The Greens would yeah. love that, wouldn't they? They'd absolutely love that. So, so I mean, do you think rent controls real serious on a serious note, guys? If we, if we have yeah. Labour government stays in power with the Greens, with Tapasi Maori, will we see a wealth tax? Will we see rent controls? Will they be some of the non-negotiables they'll get as coalition partners with Labour? Well, I think they've been pretty clear that's what they're going to do, and I would say that yes, based on everything they've done so far, that's exactly what they'd do. Addison, what do you yeah. think, mate? No, I agree. They'll do both of those. And I think with the Greens there as well, they'll push for some sort of formal landlord register um, yeah. or some sort of, I don't know, minimum training standard for a private landlord or something to try and up the quality of them. I mean, there won't be any landlords left, though, will there? Because, I mean, and that's where they've got to get the yeah. balance right. I mean, ultimately, we all what, what we're all agreeing on here is that the state, and let's be honest, it's not just Labour, national before as well the state has failed to provide sufficient housing to make for sure that we're keeping up for, for a long time and interesting ductability all you're doing and we think we talked about this last week you know you're robbing peter to pay paul you know it's putting the rents up even higher because you can't offset your interest and then the tenants are going to the state anyway getting rent subsidies because the rents have gone up so bloody high absolute madness and so, uh, anyway so you know, hy hypothetical situation here yep um, say the uh, all of that happens, they bring in rent controls, wealth tax, all of that sort of stuff, and people are like, okay, I'm over it, I'm selling my rental property, mass exodus. Do you think that can actually happen? Um, no. I, I mean, my, my argument I, here is maybe the government is smart enough to know that that actually can't happen. It can't. I mean, it won't happen because if, if you flood the market, what well, it's just going to... Exactly. Property prices will, will will crash. You have negative equity. It, it, it's and that impacts all types of things because then people will not go to Harvey Norman to get things on higher purchase when they move because they can't afford to because they're in so much debt and, and they're worth less money than what they started with. So, so you know, it's I mean, kind of like calling calling their bluff, really, isn't it? I mean, that you you bang on. That will never happen because it can't because you'll saturate the market just like you say. So yeah, um, maybe I should shut up. Yeah. Oh, well, God, there is such a negative view on landlords sometimes, isn't there? Especially with the Greens Party. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're all capitalists. They say I'm that not. landlords hold all the cards, and they definitely don't. They, they don't hold all the cards. They don't Ooh, hold yeah. all the cards. I've got a good story. You've just reminded yeah. me. Yeah. Um, I, I so, like Will's stories. Go on, Will. Yes. I We've just acquired a business and I was uh, talking to them yesterday, sat down with one of the very, very experienced property managers, 20 years in the industry. And she said, have a look at this tribunal order. And long story short, have you guys heard of PICA? P-I-C-A. P-I-C-A. No. no. Sounds like something from Dora the Explorer, but no, go on. So PICA is an eating disorder where people choose to eat things that surely should not be eaten. Long story short, over the years, this property manager was doing inspections and there were holes in the walls and they, you could see they had been ripping pieces of jib board off the so, wall. 
So the person's eating the house. Oh my god. The tenant went, got doctors, expert witnesses, got to the tribunal. The tenant's daughter, unbeknown to the parents, has pika and has been eating the jib board for the last few years. So who's liable? The tenant. Is it accidental or is it intentional? Well, it's intentional. They've been eating the walls. And even um, a funny part to that story is apparently it's a big issue in the UK, which you won't be surprised, David, because let's face it, you're weird. And in certain parts of the UK, the jib board is quite tasty. So people go on day trips to get the jib. (laughs) What? I'll tell you what it is. Listen, I've just had three weeks in the UK. I've had three weeks in the UK. And I'll tell you what, I'm not surprised because the food is that bad. It really is. It's stodge. Is it really? You only pump things and you give you massive portions. And it's stodgy. It's crap. And I'm thinking, tell you what, mate, just get us some HP sauce and I'll go and have some jib board with chips, please. It's much much tastier. It's a real thing. That's a true story. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to do some research on that now. I'm going to do a deep dive into Pika. (laughs) All right. So, anyway, continuing on the election, will we see changes? I mean, the Tennessee Tribunal is independent, but will we see changes in compliance and and how – because there's a case, I think, Joe Ray put up um, down in Otago where a Tennessee Tribunal order was made in favour of a tenant who was smoking – in the house because there's nothing in the tenancy agreement. I think well, that's bloody ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I feel that. If we, if we, do you think has there been any collaboration with the state and tenancy tribunal saying, look, you've got to keep these people in houses? Do you think that? Do you think that goes on? What What, what do you mean? Well, is somebody in the ministry in, in like in is the head of tenancy tribunal sitting down? With um, you know, the head adjudicator and saying, "Look, this is what we want you to do." Do you reckon that happens? Yeah, I. It I shouldn't. Reckon... It shouldn't because the, the the branches are separate. You've got the executive, the judiciary. You've got to keep them separate. You've got to keep them independent. But you know, sometimes I, I think, it... well, geez, is is this going on? There'd definitely be some backdoor deals. Yeah, it's almost as though they're stress testing the law, though, aren't they? You know, and it's yeah. all up for interpretation. And yeah. there was one recently, I can't remember what it was, where it sort of threw everyone as well. But yeah, I, I mean, but there is there's such a huge subjective component to it, and you just don't know. You know, emotion. I don't know, but it seems you gotta you gotta wonder. You gotta yeah. wonder. You do wonder. You gotta wonder. Anyway, listen. I mean. We'll have to wrap up the show, guys. It's been good um, talking to you again. Uh, PMC, so super excited about it. We've got Joanne Ray's got to speak at the at the PMT. All right. So, and we've also secured Brendan Goodwin, who's top, who was twice REINZ BDM of the year. He's going to be on the panel for the growth panel. So he's going to be with Nick Elliotson from Lodge and Suzanne Peters from Property Brokers. So we've got an excellent panel there for the PMC for for the growth. And, uh, yeah, so super excited. Make sure you get along to the website. Make sure that you get your tickets. Uh, it's the 23rd. It's the 24th of November. Get your flights booked. The sooner you book the flights, the cheaper it will be. Uh, we're going to have 300-plus people there at the PMC. We've also now got Trade Me going to be uh, coming along to talk as well. And they've got some data that they want to share 
to the PMC as well at the conference. So make sure you get your tickets. Well, uh, Addison, thanks for joining us for the show this evening. My pleasure. And, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a lion red now. Okay. Cheers, guys. Yeah. And uh, I'm enjoy your board. week. Yeah. Jib board and lion red. Can't wait. And H&P sauce. You're lovely. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Okay, Cheers, guys. Thank you for Bye. tuning in to the Alternative Property Management Podcast, powered by Renty and the PMC.